Welcome to the Living Intentionally Podcast. My name is Chaim Loeb. In this podcast, you will hear and learn what breeds action, where living intentionally leads to action. You will acquire knowledge from those who are in the state of action. Yes, I said action a few times. Why? Because this is the only way to get you from where you are to where you want to be. I wish people would want to hear just me sitting there giving business advice. You know, I wouldn't need to be funny. I'd just get on the camera and I would say, listen, I say what you do today is this and this and this. People don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear it, you know? Yes. Well, now Moshe Bunker's little uh, soundbite there. Um, (laughs) Welcome, Moshe, to the Living Intentionally podcast. I'm Chaim Loeb. And today we have Moshe Bunker. Uh, Moshe is an amazing um, personality with passion and energy, um, cooling New York City with a smile. Welcome, Moshe, uh, to the Living Intentionally podcast. Um, we just had an awesome, awesome conversation before we recorded. Then we're like, why don't we just start recording? So that's exciting. Um, Moshe, I want to start off with asking you, uh-huh. what brings this passion? What brings this energy? What is it in you that brings this out? Uh, we'd love to know, and I'm sure others would also. Thank God I love what I'm doing. That's it. It's very simple. It's, I'm really happy with what I'm doing. Right. And um, I wasn't always happy with what I'm doing. So I didn't always have this passion about what I'm doing. I always tried to be happy with what I'm doing. And I finally hit something that I'm really happy doing it. And now I'm just really happy. I'm very happy doing it. I'm not always happy. I have downs. Right. I have downs. I don't always record the downs because I'm not here to make people depressed. You know, nobody wants to see my, nobody wants to hear, oh my God, what happened today? I'm just grouchy and grumpy today. Right. So I record when I think it's going to interest people. Right? Right. I could record a failure too if it's funny and interesting. Right? But in general, I'm happy. I love what I'm doing. So I'm happy about it. So meaning that you didn't always do construction or air conditioning? Or you, you've, you've tried other endeavors? So when I first met my wife, 18, 18, 18, 18, 18 years ago. <laughs> what? I was, I was answering that for you because I saw it in a post. <laughs> 18 years ago. What, what was your answer? I was saying 18 years ago. Oh, 18 years ago when I first met my wife. Um, we were talking about what I'm going to do. In the, I, was, I was 14 years old, right? 15 okay. years old. I was 15 years old and we we're talking about, okay, what the future and what and what and what I want to do and what she wants to do. And I told her that I want to work in construction. And my, my wife, as a young, sweet, Jerusalem, Orthodox Jewish girl, told me, no, but your pants are going to be dirty every day. Don't do that. So I'm like, okay, I'll get an office job. And she said, yeah, that's better, you know? Right. So, so that's it, you know? So construction went off. But then when we went, now, obviously, she loves it that I'm in construction because she knows that I, that I really have passion about it and I really love it. She doesn't care about the dirty jeans anymore. It doesn't bother her. Got over it. Uh, but back then, when she was 14 years old, thinking about her husband's going to be walking around with dust on his jeans and dirty shoes, you know, didn't make sense. Didn't fit for her world what she wanted to do. So that's why I actually pushed it off for many years. Pushed many it off years. 10 years. Wow. And once I had the opportunity to right. jump into it, it was so amazing. So amazing. That's do awesome. what you love, everybody. Quit your job. Go do what you love. I'm serious. You're, you're in the belief of quit your job. Of it's worth it. If you're going to be living for so many years, 
Why do not what you love, right? I don't, I don't know. I don't know how long I'm gonna be living. I don't know. Maybe you know how you be living. Listen, you're pretty healthy. <laughs> Meeting. So you, you know how long you're living. I drink too much, so I don't know if I'm gonna be living as long as you. But no matter how long I'm living, why not you know, do what you love? Do what you love. Now, th- there's a selfish as- aspect to it too that I don't agree with. Mm-hmm. The selfish is you need to focus on you. You need to focus on you. Don't care what your parents think. Don't care what your wife thinks. Don't care. I did. I actually disagree with that. I think that it's not not true. You should like you should care about what your parents think. You should care about what your family thinks because you want you and your family to be happy. But if you're doing what you love, that's your only way to make the people around you really happy. So it's not even if so, they won't understand it in the beginning. So it's it's it, it's not that you disagree with the concept. You just disagree with what people say about doing it. Actually, like. Oh, if you just quit your job and do that, then they'll be upset at you, et cetera, et cetera. No, if you do quit your job and do what you love, then everybody will be happy because right. you'll be happy. But keep that part in mind. Don't be focused on the, – the problem is what your focus is, right? Some people have it, and I hear people saying, focus on yourself, focus on yourself now. No, focus on making everybody around you happy. But the way to do it is to do what you love, and only then you can make the people around you right. happy. Right, because that's a really important point because if somebody just hears you say, let's say – focus on making everybody else happy that will run you into a ditch. Right. But the fact of, because you end up doing what you love with them in mind, everybody is happy, but not because you were chasing to try to make other people happy. It might, it might, it might, I will, I I do chase to make my family happy, but I chase it making happy after I learned how to do it. And that's by doing what I love. Right. I'm not, I'm not, I'm agreeing with what you're saying. I'm just adding, it's like you tell right. somebody to go fly a plane and he never learned how to fly a plane, so he'll fly it into the ground. So when you tell people, go make your family happy, what it really means is go make yourself happy and then you could put happiness on your family around you. Yeah. Love it. Quit your job! <laughs> have, have you always had um, this mindset, this attitude? Meaning, like, how do you specifically find this passion for construction and, you know, how did you fall in love with it? I mean, you, the passion really, you know, not a lot of people have trouble finding their passion. Like what's really going to talk to them. How do you, how do you feel like that came to you and did it come to you? Were you born with it? Was it there since you were 10 years old? How'd that come about? I, I actually think that much more people know what their passion is. Mm-hmm. They're just afraid to admit it. Mm-hmm. And, and the only problem is that they're thinking about, they're thinking about other people's opinions. And that's why it's hard for them to find their passion because they're getting confused. On one hand, they want to wear, they, they want to sit in the office, the beautiful suit, wear a beautiful Rolex because that's what they think is going to make them look good in the eyes of their neighbor and the eyes of their first cousin, right? But what they really want to do, they really want to work as a waiter in a, in a restaurant. That's what they want to do. They actually want to be a waiter. There are lots of people, there are too many people out there that actually know exactly what they want to do. They know what their dream job is. But for some reason, they know that they'll look better in their first cousin's eyes if they're wearing a beautiful suit sitting in an office. But that guy, he actually wants to buy a tow truck. That's what he wants to do. He wants to be towing cars. That's his dream. There are lots of people. And if you just disconnect and focus and, okay, just pretend you're living in a different country. You don't have any neighbors and any friends. You don't have nothing around you. What do you want to do? 
Is that no, how? Not what your wife you? wants you to do. What do you want to do? Right. Right. No, I I, I agree, and I that talks to me a lot. Um, just in my story, um, moving out out of New York to Phoenix and starting like starting you know into health and fitness with is not really in our culture something that's you know kind of the steps that you go. So that talks to me, and I, I appreciate um, you mentioning all that. Um, I'm, I'm curious, you know, the story of, you know, you being super authentic on the internet, right? Really putting things out there. Um, the dream job type of thing. I know you mentioned in terms of a, a, a young man coming to your office and saying, you know, I'll do anything, but then he wants that manager job, right? So I think that that ties in to the fact of um, people knowing what they're passionate about, and I'll tie this back in, and not willing to do it, and then somebody saying that they want to work and do anything, but wanting to be that you know, manager right off the bat, there's a little bit of delusion there where people are scared of their passion because maybe their passion is not making you know, $100,000 first year, right? So I'm just curious what you feel about that concept and how that you know, stops people from going after their passion because it might not be making all that money and we we're really focused on making that money. How do you feel we can combat that kind of outlook, that, that mindset of like, I can't do that because it's not this. And people are- well, I mean, I, I, you do need to take into consideration your financial situation too, right? Yeah. So I, I love construction and I would love to be working on the field on my own. Me, a guy, and a band, right? But I know I'm not going to make a living, right? I need to pay my kids tuition, right? So I need to adjust it, right? And instead of doing that, I need to do a lot of more jobs. And therefore, I need to be sitting in the office and just visiting job sites instead of banging on the hammer on my own, right? So I do believe that you need to adjust it. You need to find, you need to find that exact way how you're going to, make a living based on your expenses within your dream, right? right? You can't just say, okay, I want to be, I want to be towing cars. Like I said before, so I'm going to tow cars, but your expenses are a million dollars a year. I'm exaggerating. My expenses are nothing close to that. And I don't make anything close to that. And, and, um, but I'm going to be towing trucks and I'll make 25 K a year. I mean, you need to figure it out. You need to, right. you need to adjust, right? You need to be smart. So you'll go and you'll say, okay, I'll move out of the city. I'll move out of the city and I'll tow trucks in upstate New York where it's cheaper to live or in Phoenix, Arizona or someplace else. And I'll work at night another job because I, I, I need the income, right? You can't just, you, you can't not take responsibility on your financial situation. Either. Well, that connects to something that I've, I've learned where it's, it, it, what it's called is a success equation where like you find your passion and then like you're ta- mixed with your talents you find the people, the association, like who to, who to work with. And then that is, that equals your, you know, your success equation. That's what you do. So what, basically what you're saying is what you're passionate about, let's say, you're, you know, uh, construction. Okay. What's your talents? Maybe your talents can be operations and things like that. Find what so you're basically saying in that talent thing, find, or in the association, find that niche or whatever in that um, industry where you can make your living make it, but be in that industry. So then therefore you could have the passion for your job. You could love it. You could enjoy it, but still make that living that you need to make. Right. Um, that like kind of connects with, um, 
that. So it resonates. Something that I read in a book. Because there's more, there's more than the headlines, right? People get too confused with the headlines, right? They get on, they, they, they see a video from some guru online that tells them, do what you love. Okay, do what you love. That's it, right? And then they hear a banker say, okay, you need to live within your budget. That's the only way to success, right? And, and but, but that's the thing. Things are, it's the information between the headlines. It's not all on the headlines. It's not do what you love, period. You gotta read between the it's do what you, what you love and make it work, right? Make it work. You can't just do what you love, right? Right. And is that something that you had to like come to terms with in terms of like not being able to knock the hammer in and be in the field and like fall in love with this new kind of outlook and job? You have to fall in love with this the operations, be behind the scenes. So, <laughs> so not really. I did not have that struggle because I took such a break between, right? When I first had that dream, I was 15 years old, right? right. Until I got to construction, I already got to it after being a, a broker for many years, right? With those suits and ties and, and, and um, we're not going to go into the rest. Right. And then, then, I, then I came to United States and I, I went through all the very hard labor work, you know? I worked in a butcher and I worked... Before we hear more from our guests about that, I'd like to share a quick message. If what you're listening to is enjoyable, please give a follow, a share, a review. It would be greatly appreciated. Thank you very much. Now back to the show. In a company that I wrapped bowls in bubble wrap because they were selling them on Amazon, right? Right. Uh, the butcher job was amazing. You're working inside. My job at the butcher was I would work in the refrigeration room. I would take the food out of the refrigerated room out to the showcase. So for five minutes, I'm in a freezer. And then for five minutes, I'm in a room temperature store, right? And I'm going back and forth. Wow. And in the meet, my job was to bring out the thing from the fridge, from the refrigerated room, right? The products from the refrigerated room to the showcase. And, and as I'm doing it, ask the, answer customers for questions, right? Like, Hey, Moshe, how do you cook this? How do you cook that? How do you do that? How do you do that? And I made the best out of it, even though it was terrible, right? I, I stood there. Trust me, people were buying so much meat that time. Nobody ever bought the 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 the, 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 the Life Matter. What's those organizations called? They're great people. I'm not criticizing. Oh, uh, the PETA? Huh? PETA? Uh, about not to kill animals. Not right, to, I think it's PETA. Okay, so the Peter people probably, if they would know who I am, they would probably come and shoot me. But <laughs> I was busy. I was making sure people were buying so much meat. I was just pounding in their, 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 the, the shopping cart with, with more and more chicken. But, so I went through that. And then after that, I was doing cake distribution. I was selling cakes to supermarkets. So I went through a whole list of things. When I came back, when I came into construction, I came in in a management position because my management skills, my management um, experience are much better than my physical hand. Um, I, I don't know how to use tools, bottom line. Right. right. I don't know how to use tools, okay? That whole right. part, part's a mess. Didn't go smooth. And you were probably like just happy to be in the industry of construction. So therefore, um, you were okay with being in, being, not being, you know, knocking in the nails. Right. I'm excited about it. I love it. I, I do love it. I'm saying my, my original passion was to actually work physically, but right now I'm in totally terms of, you know, going from those jobs, right. Um, mm -hmm. working in the butcher, working in the, um, cake distribution, 
And now you're very involved in networking and branding, your self-branding. You speak about you're always, you know, it's 24 seven that you're, that you're self-branding. Um, you know, how did that evolve? Like from working the butcher, probably not networking and branding that much. And you can tell me if I'm wrong um, to really putting a lot into that and a lot of thought into it probably, and maybe not a lot of thought, but just a lot into it. how that kind of evolve? And what I do you think always, is like the most important? What I do you think always, always, wherever I was, I always spoke to people. I was not the guy that just takes the products out of the fridge and puts it in the showcase. That was not me. No, I was the guy that would connect to the people, connect to people. Everybody called me by my personal name. I knew everybody I knew. I knew that person's that brother. That's her sister. She goes there. That's the meat she likes. That's the chicken she loves. I knew everything. You want the skinless. You want that. You want that. I was everybody's best friend. I was the highest person speaking ever in any kind of supermarket. Nobody ever spoke higher. You know, every supermarket, they have the, they always have the radios and they always have the, 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 the speaker. They're saying, um, John, come to this yeah. seven. They, those never worked because there was never above my voice. I was always standing out there screaming, uh, Rachel, you ordered the chicken. It's ready. It's here. It's that. I was always at the top of my lungs connecting to every single You person. feel like that's like the number one key to somebody, I guess, networking and branding is just like connecting, connection, real authentic connection. But you can't like my father can't act like that because it doesn't come natural, right? So you can't pretend to be somebody that you're not, right? So – if, if you're not a person that likes to talk to everybody, don't pretend to talk to everybody. Like, be more focused and do it the way that works for you, right? I'm not saying that every person should be standing out there talking to – if it doesn't come natural to you and you don't enjoy it, I don't think you should be doing it, right? right? I mean, there are a lot of people that do great and they have great businesses or great success or have a great career or have a great life or whatever it is, and they don't talk to everybody that walks by, right? They just yeah. focus on their stuff. You don't need to do that. Depends who you are. Depends what you're looking for and what what talks to you. I I just love talking to people. Yeah. I can't shut up. You trying to put a question? I just I can't shut up. Yeah, no, it's good. It's it's fun. I want to shift gears a little bit here um, and talk a little bit about. Um, you spoke. You know, you shared a little bit about your, the health coach. Let me drink uh, whiskey for the chaim. I can make a chaim on water. You can okay, make a chaim okay, on whatever you want. I'm not your coach, so. so I can do whatever I want. <laughs> it's it's your decision at the end of the day. I mean, even if I was your coach, it's your decision. It's your choice. Um, but I want to shift gears a little bit, a bit about, you know, you spoke about when you lived in Israel and you moved here. Um, I've seen some uh, content regarding what created this self-confidence in you, and it's not overnight, and there's been a process. Um, I don't remember the full detail of it, but I remember you sharing and there, there's a process to it and, and you at once weren't, you know, you're a kid who w wasn't um, confident um, in himself and there was a lot of challenges. Um, would you be open to share about that a little bit and, and how you kind of, you know, uh, evolved into somebody who is more confident? Because I feel like... Um, that is something that people can really gain from. It's, you know, living with intention is really trying to get out of some, you know, challenges that you have to become a better person, more, um, you know, more thoughtful, more intentional. So I would love to hear. I mean, I'm curious. 
So, so I, I would love to speak about that. And, and if, if you don't mind, I want to talk about a, 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 a certain part, part of that. Okay? Great. And I hear people saying all day long that the first step is the hardest step, right? People say that all day. I'm sure you even say that, right? When you're coming to exercise, right? Yeah. First, first step. So your question makes me answer you and tell you that I disagree with that sentence that the first step is the hardest step. Okay. So, yeah, something happened. There was a story that happened that I suddenly stood up for, for some other boys. Um, there was somebody that was bullying some other kids. I stood up and I said, enough is enough. I pretended to be very strong and tough. No, we never see a strong Jew. I mean, come on. Um, and I pretended to be strong and tough. And, I, and, I, and that gave me a lot of confidence. Period, right? So it's like, okay, wow, you did that and that's it. Now you have lots of confidence, right? And that was your first step you took and boom, now that's it. You're done. And it's not true. It's just not true. The, I actually think that the first step in everything is one of the easiest steps. And I'm sorry because it might be a little depressing to people that are afraid to take the first step. But it's the damn truth. People say... When you're opening a business, the first thing, the first, the hardest part is the first steps. Don't get depressed. Don't worry, okay? I'm, I'm listening. I'm, I'm liking And I, I disagree. I mean, you can go open tomorrow. You can open an HVAC company tomorrow. Chaim, go ahead. Go register. LLC. Chaim, HVAC, LLC. You have an HVAC company. Now what? No, but let's see you make it work, right? Let's see you make it work, right? So it's not the first step. It's the first 20 steps, right? Now, how long do those first 20 steps take? What do you think? How long? When it comes to, when it comes to just starting something new? Yeah. The first, I mean, it depends how many steps there are. If the whole exactly. thing is 20, you know, then yeah. it's going to take a while because anything, things take a while to evolve. Like in business, I say it's the first 10 years. People say the first step is hard. I disagree. It's the first 20 steps and the first 20 steps take 10 years. I might be wrong sometimes. Sometimes it might take five years. And maybe in some business, it only took three years. In general, it's not, but it's definitely not the first step. So same thing with self-confidence. If you're going to, something happens and you decide enough is enough, you're going to stand up for yourself. Now, boom, it helps you out with your self-confidence. It's not boom. It's a lot of steps that's going to be there. And why am I saying this, even though it sounds depressing? It sounds depressing because it happens to a lot of people. They're like, okay, so the first step is hard. Okay, they get courage and they take the first step. And then two days later, boom, they fall again. Nothing, you know? Because it's not. It's not the first step. It's a lie. So many people are just saying that. And I, when I hear it so many times over and over, I'm like, you guys, are, are, you guys have responsibility. You guys have responsibility because there's young kids listening to what we have to say. Not so much me, but, you know, there are people out there that have a million followers and they say things like that. It's the first step. It's the hardest step. Go do it. And you have kids that are trying to follow it and they get up and they take the first step and they boom, they fall on the floor. Now what do they say? I took the first step and then after two weeks I failed. So what happened to me? I'm a loser. No, you're not a loser. It's the first 20 steps are hard. Not the first step. You know, the first step is easy. If I want to work out now, right? What's the first step? To get on the floor now and make 10 push-ups? Man, you know how easy that is? You know how easy. I can do it right now, right? I'll get up now. You won't... The camera won't see it, so I won't do it. I'll lie down the floor. I'll make 10 push-ups. I started. Now it's easy? Hell no. What's hard? 
What's hard is tomorrow morning to do it again, right? Yeah. And two days afterwards to do it again. So it's not the first step. The first step is so easy. First step is the easiest thing in the world, right? You tell somebody it's from now, eat only healthy. No problem. I'll go to the store, I'll buy a salad. You see, I started, I ate healthy. Was that hard? Hell no. no. It was no. so easy. You're it was a great salad. Very well. I really like this. And something that I share with, um, with people is like, a lot of times you, you feel like you need that motivation to like do something. Like, no, you don't need the motivation because that first step, like you're saying, that's the easy part. You need the, to take action to get started. And then because it's going to be hard a little bit later on, yes, motivation will help. It's a helper. But you really need to find that within you to continue because when it gets hard a little bit later on, that's when you got to dig deep because um, when somebody, let's say, loses a lot of weight, for example, we'll use this example. Many, many He's using that example because I'm fat. I see. I see. I, it's okay. It's okay. I'm just – you're getting the hit, whatever. So a lot of people lose weight. I've spoken to many people like they lose weight and then they get it back and they lose weight, right? The losing weight part is, I won't say easy, but it's doable. It's the keeping it off. Right. It's what's after the transformation that is the difficult part. So I really so, connect with So that what's hard, part. the first step or the second step? Second or the step. third step? For sure, right? But how many times did you hear gurus get up there and say the first step is the hardest step? How many times did you hear that? Yes. You know, you're right. All day long. And I don't know what they're talking about. Like, did you never get to the second step? I don't know. I really don't. I don't understand them. So or it's being this back in your self-confidence and, and you're building and you're, and you're becoming. So that, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying it's, it's a process. It's a thing that it comes and goes for a while till it starts driving smooth, right? So right. that story right. that I shared, you, you, you want me to share the story right now? I mean, it, it's a simple story. I told you. I just I saw a kid getting a few kids right, getting sure. I stood up. I break there. That was my start, my beginning. Right. But then it comes and goes. You walk into a room suddenly. Not now. It but in those ages, you walk into a room and you need to push yourself to start talking to people. I needed to push myself and encourage myself to start a conversation. Right. Naturally, I would walk into a room and just deal with myself. So I pushed myself and encouraged myself over and over. Till it started flowing. And you got to the 10 years, so to speak, right. where got right. it. Uh, so I don't think it actually took me 10 years if I go, if I really want to think I'm just, that I, you know, in quotes. Right, 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 right. But like, what was it really? I want to be honest. So I think I started 14 and I, I guess when I was 17, I think I was totally like, my self-confidence was in a very good place. But it did take a few years. It's not an overnight game. It's not like something No, happened. sure. You have to, you have to, you know, Seek, you know, you have to get uncomfortable. You have to push yourself. You have to overcome challenges. I'm saying in any situation where you want to get to somewhere where it's going to be sustainable and stick and really be there for you when you need it, when, when you want to call on it, it's going to be anything that's easy goes, you know? So you really got to stick to it. It's, I think that's, that's really, um, really important to, for people to understand. Like people yeah. just think, you know, it's just, you know, if I lost the weight or if I started this business, then it's just good. I started. Great. No. It's so easy to start. Make it, to make it work, that's the hard part. Now, I used to smoke. For many years, I smoked. I started smoking when I was uh, 16 years old. And I, smoked, I stopped smoking approximately seven years ago. Congratulations. <laughs> now, could you imagine the challenge? I mean, I, I, 
couldn't empathize with it and can I totally understand it? I don't know if I could totally understand it, to be honest. Easiest thing ever. Easiest thing ever. Because one day I'm driving the truck full of cake, driving from Brooklyn, New York, up to Monroe. I'm driving on the highway, I'm driving. And I get to Muncie area and it starts getting very nice and I'm driving. And I was already up to like, I don't know, I was up to the, the seventh cigarette probably already. You know, just driving. In the truck, you're smoking, smoking. I loved it. It was nice. But it started stinking. The smell was terrible. The windows barely opened. Oh, man. And you're just smoking away. And I'm like, this is terrible. It stinks. So I remember I was at a red light, and I pulled out my phone, and I took a picture of the box, the cigarette box, and I sent it to a family group, I think. I don't remember what group I sent it to, like a WhatsApp group. A family WhatsApp group, I think. And I said, that's it. This is my last box. And I continued smoking the rest of the box. Continued smoking the rest of the box. I finished the box and I knew that I'm done. It was such a strong decision that it wasn't even hard. It was such a deep and strong decision. The A few weeks after that or a few months after, I don't remember. There was one of the, one of the holidays came up. I don't remember what holiday one of the Jewish holidays and I was sitting around with some friends and, and we were, somebody was doing a barbecue and two guys were smoking and I come from and they told him, give me a cigarette. And he tells me, no, you're crazy. Until you quit, you're going to start again. I told him, I'm not going to start again. Give me a cigarette. I took a cigarette. I took two puffs, enjoyed it a little bit, put it out. The decision was so strong that, I'm not afraid. I won't. I won't smoke now because it's gonna give me a headache, you know, because I'm so away from it, you know. But like, like a few, like I'm saying, a few weeks or months after that, I took a few. And I wasn't afraid that I'm gonna start again. There's no way I'm gonna start again. It's not for me. That's it. I'm done with it. And I had no problem doing a little bit of it, just like somebody like you takes a bite of chocolate, right? Are you afraid that if you eat a cookie now, you? I think you eat cookies every Saturday night, right? I did that for a while, yes, cookie a week. Now, if you're going to eat a cookie, now you're going to get addicted and eat cookies again? No, because you know you don't eat cookies. That's it, period, you know? So if I smoke a cigarette, a half a cigarette, I'm not going to smoke cigarettes again. The decision was so strong that there was no struggle at all. It's very interesting. I mean, what I learned recently, um, the definition of decision is like the cut off any other option, right? But so many people have a struggle with that in terms of, I mean, I don't know if you ever did this, but many people have who smoked, this is my last, this is my last, this is my last. You feel like they just never, it was never a decision. It was more like, I, I don't know, just like a, they were hoping or, and then when you did it this time, it was like decision. It was like so deep. Like there's so many people, people are professional quitters. They call themselves, you know what I mean? People quit every day. You I know? think it was never a solid decision. I think that's what it is. I think finally, it it's finally a click because many people will hear this and be like, that sounds like a superpower. No, it wasn't that I was controlling my wills and I wanted it so much. And I said, no, bunker, this is not good for you. Don't do it. And I was like, no, dude, I'm a strong guy. I made a decision. It wasn't. I didn't have any of that. I wasn't fighting myself. I wasn't winning myself. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't that I was controlling no, I, I my think bad that, habits. I, I like how, what you're saying here because I think that we all have that part in us that part that we can control our decisions, that part that we have choice, 
And we have to understand that. We have a choice to smoke the cigarette or not. We have a choice to eat four cookies or one cookie. We have that choice. And I think a lot of people... you got to admit that four is better than one. I mean, you got to <laughs> Maybe two is better than one, but I don't know about four, because after that, you start feeling a little bit, uh, you know, your stomach doesn't feel that good. But you got to think about that feeling afterwards, right? But I think that's a really powerful point that some people are like, no, it's, I'm taking over. Like, I don't have a choice. No, no, we have choice. And that's like powerful to really in- integrate into, into our being, right. um, realizing that. And I think from... Our culture, we know we have like Bechira, but at the same time, so many people know that, but like they get controlled by so many things. And I, I think that's that's a point that I like to try to bring out um, to to my clients to in content and things like that um, about choice and about decisions. And um, I, I even asked a question the other day, like, what does the word decision mean to you? Um, and people gave their thoughts on like what this decision. Some people said a choice. Some people said to cut off any other option. And that's something that spoke to me the most. Um, I, I don't agree. You made a so if you make a decision to today travel to New York, okay, and then somebody calls you and tells you, "Hey, um, I, I really need you to stay in, in 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 wherever you live, whatever," or "I really want you to stay," or "I have a great opportunity." So that's it. You made a decision, so you're not going to cut it off. I don't agree with that, that a decision is cut off. I think there's, there's, you know, there's, there's leeway in the, in the, in the situation. But when you're saying that you made a decision to stop smoking cigarettes in that time, you cut off the option of, I'm going to smoke again. I didn't. Right. You smoked again, but I'm saying is like okay. that you're never gonna actually be a smoker again. Right, right. And that's what right. really did it for you. Right, true, true. That's kind of like how I'm looking yeah. at it. Um, now, like I want to lose weight, but with losing weight, it didn't go that way. Like I, I was, I was losing weight, great, and then Corona came, and I wasn't so busy at work. I mean, we were still working the whole time, but it wasn't that busy, and I was just, I was, I started eating again. You know, I started eating nonsense again and drinking. So, and drinking. No, drinking is good. Drinking, I always, drinking, you need to drink. I mean, it's, it's a religious thing, you know? It's good for the soul. It's good for the soul. <laughs> yeah, I nah. mean, I think when it comes to losing weight, it's something that some people like to have a real, real challenge with. Um, and it's also, I think it's a, the biggest challenge. One of the biggest challenges is like the lose, like we spoke about a little earlier, but when they don't figure out the sustaining the loss, then it gets really tough because it's just up and down, up and down. So that's like... Right the biggest, like, I feel, um, challenge that people have. And for some reason, I have a question with people, like, they get really devoted and committed to certain things, whether it's work, family. But when it comes to their health, there's, like, something about it that's really difficult for them to commit to, to really take care of themselves and meet their goals. I'm not sure if it's, like, just something ingrained or if they just have strong desires. I'm still trying to figure out what, you know, really is holding people back from taking care of themselves in that way. Just, uh, just thought maybe you have like a, a th- like a, not, <laughs> not sure. no, I, I wish I could, I could have an answer for that. You know, I mean, obviously I know I need to take care of my health. I know I should exercise. I know I should eat better. Right. But 
it um, it gets boring sometimes. You know, there are other things that are much more exciting. It's much more exciting to uh, go out there and start another project and uh, lock, you know, and talk to another customer, and we just get caught away with. Um, with right. I, I really do not have a a solid answer on that. That's something that when you figure out, please call me up and let me know <laughs> yeah. what the secret is. You know, I would love to. I need I I need to do it. I need a I need to start doing it. I need to start doing it. It's not easy. It's not easy. It's not, not fun. I mean, that's what the, that's a thing. Like, is it not fun? How do you make it fun? What's what is fun for you to bring that in? If fun is, you know, I like to look at bright spots for people and say, what do people enjoy? What has worked for people in the past in their life? And kind of, oh, let's try to help them bring that together. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, there's it's a challenge. It's definitely a challenge. Um, I, I, I do not disagree with that. Um, in terms of your content, right? Mm-hmm. A, lot, so, a lot of it, some of it, whatever you want to call it, I don't know the percentage of it, is not necessarily work business related. Sometimes you talk about just you're with your family or with your, with your story or with politics even. Politics? On LinkedIn? <laughs> no way. Really? Oh, my God. That sounds <laughs> nasty. Do you feel like it's in, in, important to bring all aspects in and not just talk about business? Even if you do it in, like, your charismatic, joke, like, bringing in jokes, etc. way, do you feel like it's important to bring other other topics in? Or that's just what you're interested in, you want to post? And- so I'll ask you a question. When you, when you meet up with a customer – and you're a fitness advisor or a health advisor, right? Yeah. You speak to them only about the health and fitness, or do you speak to them about the weather and about the neighborhoods and maybe about politics? Right. Maybe even about religion, right? Maybe. You know, you mentioned religion in this conversation. Why do you mention religion? Because religion is something that interests me, interests you, so why not, right? So when I do business to someone, I'm not going to just talk about numbers. You know, what are you talking about? Just numbers, numbers and dates. You talk to people when you, when you actually build a relationship with a customer or with a partner, or you talk about other things. You talk about things that are not only business. Comes down to the connection. Right. And when it's building a connection, there's more than business that's involved. It's more than business. Yes, 100%. When it comes to, to when you're doing business with somebody, you talk about more than that. Now, since this is a business platform, and I see business as when you want to do business, you're here to build connection with people. Building connection with people doesn't mean that, okay, so I'm going to talk about my political opinions. You'll talk about your political opinions. And since our political opinions match, we'll do business with each other. No, I'll talk about my political opinions. You'll talk about your love for sport. And we'll do business with each other because we feel like we know each other and we trust each other, right? Now, I feel like, I trust people more if they're more open and they're willing to talk about everything and not people that are just trying to be clean and mutual to everybody. You know, I am open to everybody. I'm not closing the door in front of everybody. People might close their door in front of me because I have opinions, right? But it is what it is. You know, that's their problem. If somebody wants to close his doors on me because of my opinions, I rather he closes his door on me right here on LinkedIn and say, um, don't, don't, don't deal with that guy bunker. He's, he's, he's too Jewish. He's too fat. He's too short. He has a big mustache. He wears glasses. I don't like doing business with glasses. You know, let, let them know he's married. I don't like doing business with single people. You know what I'm saying? Like 
I'll do business with every with anybody. I couldn't care. You know, I couldn't care as long as the guy. You know, as long as people are good human beings, right? I don't care what his political opinions are, right? I guess LinkedIn did it correct. You know, you know, best they called it connections because they know. Right. Yeah. True. True. Look, I live in I live in New York. I do business in New York. Okay. Let's go deeper into politics. New York is, I don't know what the percentage is, probably 75 cents, 75% Democrats. I'm a Republican. I'm still doing business here. You know why? Because the Democrats in New York and the Republicans in New York, most of them, don't care. They don't care. They're not, not going to do business with me because, you know, they're, they're smart people. They're not idiots. They're not as dumb as our mayor, Mayor de Blasio, you know? They're smart. Way to throw them under the bus. Right. They're smart, educated people. They don't have a problem, you know, because I respect their political opinion. They respect my political opinion. And we'll continue doing business together, right? But if I hide my political opinions, then I'm just not showing, I'm not showing who I am. You know, I'm not being honest. And I do want to be honest. I want people to know who I am, know me. The know and trust, the know know and trust uh, factor. Right. I think that's 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 a good ending to end off with. Learning about connection, I think that's important. Intentionally saying, I want to connect. This is what it's about. It's about mm-hmm. connecting. Um, right. Thank you so much for sharing so so much. Thank you. Um, really appreciate it. I learned a lot during this conversation. And selfishly, one of the reasons why I wanted to do this is to learn. So I appreciate it. Um, I hope that others listen to this, um, God willing, learned a lot as well, gained a lot of value, and um, even reach out to you and say, hey, that was great. I really learned. Um, But thank you very much. I really, really appreciate you coming on. Thank you, Chaim. Thank you so much for listening to the Living Intentionally podcast. Again, if you enjoyed, leave us a follow, give a share to a friend, and as well, leave a review on Apple Podcasts. I also have a group on Facebook for Jewish men. It goes by Fit Yid Academy Health and Fitness Community. As well, you can follow me on Instagram, at the Fit Yid. On Facebook and LinkedIn, it's Chaim Loeb, C-H-A-I-M-L-O-E-B. I'm looking forward to talking with you, interacting, and getting to know you. Please reach out. I would love to talk to you. Have a great rest of your day.